Thinking small to think big. Vital signs, clean air and rice. Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast of The Ordinary Maverick. This is Ajay, your host and Ordinary Maverick, sharing real life thoughts and experiences and Maverick tips. Request you to please hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss another episode going forward. Today's episode is a very important topical one as I talk about things close to my heart and those that have an impact on all of you as well. What do the words vital signs mean to you? Well, I'm sure immediately one thinks of our pulse rate, blood pressure, respiratory rate, consciousness, etc. Right? Yes, you're absolutely right. Those are the vital signs we look for in any living being, humans, animals, etc. But then you know, what about the vital signs of our planet? Hmm, that's interesting, right? What would these look like? Temperature, length of the frost-free season, precipitation patterns, heat waves, droughts, soil moisture, frequency of hurricanes, sea levels, ice levels. These are some of our planet's vital signs. The Earth's average temperature has increased about 2 degrees Fahrenheit during the 20th century and there are increases in the length of the frost-free season as much as 8 weeks. Intense heat waves lasting days to weeks are becoming more common everywhere and the global sea level has risen about 8 inches since 1880 and it is projected to rise another 1 to 8 feet by 2100. It's all interconnected as higher temperatures result in added water from melting land ice and the expansion of seawater as it warms. Even though these changes seem small, they have tremendous effect on our planet and our lives. Storm surges and high tides combined with sea level rise lead to increased flooding and natural disasters. Recently, the UN Climate Change Conference was held in Glasgow, commonly known as the COP. This was the COP26, which means it's the 26th annual summit. Why is it called COP? Well, it stands for Conference of the Parties. But I do feel the acronym is apt. COP or COP is also a word used for the police. And in a way, that's what this conference is supposed to do police the agreed actions that the world needs to take towards addressing climate change, right? World leaders, agencies, businesses, partners, activists, civil society groups all gather together to deliberate, take stock and come up with key actions. COP26 was critical in so many ways. Firstly, it was taking stock of countries' plans for reducing emissions by 2020 to ensure that global temperature doesn't increase over 1.5 degrees and it was being held almost after a gap of two years due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Post-COP26, as it's called in short, was a mixed bag of emotions. Many felt that more needed to be done. Action is needed and not just words and commitment. The Glasgow Climate Pact kept the 1.5 degrees limit in sight and recognized that this can only happen with concerted and immediate global efforts. This is absolutely urgent. As I saw, NASA's amazing time series video on the web that tracks these levels from 2002 to 2016, it is scary. 
One sees how the world has gone from low levels grey to high levels red almost universally and that too in just 14 years. This is done by the atmospheric infrared sounder which measures the mid tropospheric carbon dioxide levels. New research shows that reducing emissions to mitigate climate change could yield dramatic health benefits by 2030. Now, we know that emission reductions definitely help in the long term to avoid disastrous climate change effects. However, this takes time. Climate is slow and takes time to respond to change and show effect. However, the effects of improved air quality are dramatic and occur much faster. Clean air has massive impact on our health and well-being and many other benefits too. We have heard about the Paris Agreement which is legally binding International Treaty on Climate Change adopted in Paris in 2015 and entered into force a year later in 2016. The goal is clear. To limit global warming to well below 2, preferably to 1.5 degree Celsius compared to the pre-industrial levels. The main action calls for reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. The excessive use and burning of fossil fuels for energy and deforestation have increased the volume of greenhouse gases emitted into the atmosphere, all leading to global warming effect and the impact on climate change. Globally, the research shows reducing emissions over the next 50 years to meet the goal of the Paris Agreement to keep global warming under 2 degrees centigrade through the end of the century would prevent about 4.5 million premature deaths, 1.4 million hospitalizations and emergency room visits, 300 million lost workdays, 1.7 million incidences of dementia and 440 million tons of crop losses nationwide and this is just in the US alone. Many of us witnessed firsthand the dramatic effects on decreasing air pollution during lockdowns imposed to control the pandemic. Suddenly there were clear skies, we were breathing more easily and one could actually see the stars at night. We are currently living in Dhaka in Bangladesh. Just three days back, I woke up to a scary headline. Dhaka is the world's third most polluted city. The air quality index is the measure to assess this and anything between 101 and 200 is considered unhealthy. Dhaka's score is around 182 and it's getting worse during the winter. Based on the work done, the three main sources of air pollution in Dhaka are brick kilns, fumes from vehicles and dust from construction sites. You know, when we moved first to Dhaka some months back, there was something that struck me. Every road we travelled through had some ongoing construction. While house hunting, we were advised to check if there was any construction happening close by as it not only contributes to air pollution but also adds to noise pollution. It was actually super tough to find any place that didn't have construction close by. Everywhere one goes, there's some construction or the other. Dhaka and Bangladesh as a country is also facing the challenge of dust from brick kilns in spite of lots of efforts being done to address this. 
There are over 1,000 brick kilns in Dhaka and thousands more across the country. All of this adds to the pollution, to the greenhouse gases emissions and ultimately to global warming and climate change. Surprise, surprise, another big factor in Bangladesh is rice. Now, one may wonder what rice has got to do with global warming, right? But you know, rice is a staple crop in Bangladesh with over 75% of agricultural land used to cultivate rice. In fact, rice is eaten at all meals across the country. Can you guess how many varieties of rice are there in Bangladesh? (laughs) I'm sure not many of you can. It's about 5,000. Yes, you heard it right, 5,000. We are amazed at the variety of rice when we visit a market. There's the Chinigura rice, Nazir Shali rice, Kali Jira rice, Basmati rice, brown rice, black rice, Jira Shali rice, Atash rice, Miniket rice, Banglomoti rice, Tulshmal rice, Ataish Chal, Katarivog rice, Chini Kanai Modhumula, Korma, and the list is endless. That's one thing we have been enjoying here, sampling all the different types of rice, but at the same time thinking. And coming back to the point of rice contributing to global warming, the common practice of continuously flooding the rice paddies creates the anaerobic condition in which methane gas is produced. It's also actually pretty costly for the farmers who need fuel to power their pumps and as much as 5,000 liters of water to produce just one kilogram of rice. Research is ongoing to find different rice cultivation techniques so that the paddy rice emissions are decreased and farmers use less resources and are more efficient. There is the alternate wetting and drying method which has shown some results but still needs to be implemented at scale. Sometimes I wonder, there's so much going on in the world. We even have our own air purifier at home and an app to check AQI. What the world has come to, right? I recall growing up and spending time at a farm in my village, breathing clean air eating vegetables plucked from our farm, just simple things that today seem impossible or a luxury to many. So fellow Mavericks, let me leave you with a thought. Thinking small to think big. Let me repeat, thinking small to think big. Meaning, let's do some action, any action, however small, to contribute to the big 1.5 degrees centigrade goal of the Paris Agreement, the Glasgow Climate Pact. You know, it's easy to get lost in these big commitments. But yes, we can do something small towards the big contribution. Walk instead of taking a car. Grow plants wherever you can. In fact, one of the amazing things about Dhaka is that all balconies and all terraces have a mini garden or a mini orchard and we have one too with mangoes, pomegranate, guavas, naseberry, grapefruit, oranges and lychees. During the season we get enough produce and we don't have to go and buy them. And just as we keep a check of our vital signs, 
let's start being more aware of our planet's vital signs. Without our planet, there is no us. So remember, think small to think big. Write in your comments, share your feedback. I would love to hear from you. This is Ajay signing off and wishing you have an amazing day. Stay well, keep safe.